They were hoping if you spin the chamber enough times, you're gonna catch a bullet. This is an extraction. So who the players? Biggest drug lord in India versus biggest drug lord in Bangladesh. <laughs> Some mythic shit, huh? It's a kidnapping. Drug lord's son. Clock's running at 16 hours. Proof of life as of six hours ago. Welcome to the Strange Harvest Podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film and television. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Toure. And this is Derek Wong. Tonight we are going to be talking about the new action movie from director Sam Hargrave, written and produced by the Russo brothers, and starring Chris Hemsworth. We're talking about 2020's Extraction. Chris Hemsworth plays Tyler Rake, and he has been hired to extract kidnapped Ovi Mahajan from Bangladesh. What did you guys think of the movie overall? It was okay. Pretty much par for the course for like a Netflix movie, I think. I think Chris Hemsworth puts forth like a good physical performance. He's very game for what the movie asks of him. But I, I said in my review that the movie hits hard. It hits like a ton of bricks, but it's dumb as a sack of rocks, right? <laughs> there's not there's not much substance to it. The action choreography is great. I enjoy the action choreography. But even then, if you're comparing it to other things that it's clearly like trying to ape, like other South east asian movies like the raid or like the protector things like that it still kind of falls short but it was fine nothing really to write home about uh yeah i agree it it was just okay it's a sort of a bootleg man on fire yes i was just gonna yeah 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 i agree great movie by the way tony scott white guy and an Indian kid set in Bangladesh. It's supposed to a black, you know, uh, guy and a white girl set in, uh, uh, is it Brazil? Is Metal Fire Brazil? No. Mexico? Uh, Mexico City. Mexico City. Well done, well done, Derek. Chris Hemsworth was no Denzel and then Ovi's no, uh, Dakota Fanning, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to the other. The overall effect just, uh, just, it just doesn't hit. I think you covered it. Like, it just, it, it's, it's very boilerplate, it's very shallow and kind of flat. There's no depth to the characters. You don't get attached to anybody. Um, yeah, everyone's paper thin, I think. In this. Yeah, it's super paper thin. It's super predictable. It's like, oh, his friend's going to betray him or whatever. And like, I don't know, like the whole thing is very, I don't know, it's very lame and vestigial. In a way that like isn't compensated for by like the action or by like the coolness of the world or whatever. Like... Compared to something like John Wick, where, okay, it's a very sketchy plot, but it's almost archetypal. It's almost so sketchy, it's just like, okay, like, we all know that this is not what you're here for. And that's counterbalanced by, like, the really cool mythology and the super cool action, and the action isn't good here. The mythology, there's nothing. There's no, like, I don't know, cool other world they've imagined or invented. There's no, like, diving into, like anything about India or Bangladesh. So it's, like it's, a, it's all very shallow and surface level. Yeah. Not to beat it down even more than it already has been beaten down by you guys, but I agree with you guys. I think this movie is mediocre at best. The action, I agree with Jeff. I think some of the action is pretty good. 
there was definitely one sequence that definitely had me amazed and, and, and quite impressed actually. But overall, the characters are very thin. I think one of the things that frustrates me the most about the movie is a lot of the character motivations in the movie, especially Chris Hemsworth's um, Tyler Rake. I mean, we've seen it time and time again where, you know, the scorned, the the person that uh, has lost his wife and child. I mean, this is basically the Punisher, right? He's the Punisher who is just looking for anyone to really take his anger out on and looking for the end in, in a sense. They don't even bother filling in his backstory. Yeah, it, it just really just flashes. <laughs> he right? just has like little hazy flashbacks to like a kid that he used to have who may or may not be dead. I mean, obviously she's probably dead, but they don't even bother filling that in. It's like, okay. Okay, um, De- definitely dead. They do go into that. Okay, right, right. Yeah, yeah definitely they do go into that. The kid is definitely dead. Um, and it's lymphoma, so it's not like the Punisher, right? Because yeah, right, right. if it was the Punisher... Instead of being a mercenary, he would have gone into, like, medical science to try and kill lymphoma. So, um... Okay, you know what? It actually bothered me, like, how many of these people they kill. Because, like, these are just, like, random dudes. Like, some of them are, like, I guess, like, random, like, I don't know, drug lord flunkies or whatever. But they're also, like, killing a whole bunch of, like, random cops and, like, soldiers and, like, just... I guess the whole... The stories that those guys are, like, corrupt or whatever. They're, like, working for the gangster or whatever. But, like, it's very just, like, kind of weird to, like, have them be, like, I'm going to just fucking invade this country and just, like, callously kill as many people as I can. It definitely comes across that way. Maybe because it's, like, a foreign country and it's, like, a white guy in a brown country or something. It just felt very weird in a way that, like... Feels very imperial. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Very, like, fucking neo-colonialist or something. Like, the Punisher... As much as, like, cops love him and he's, like, a very popular, like, uh, symbol for cops as they use the skull or whatever. But, like, the Punisher is, like, anti-cop. He, like, fucking hates the cops. Yeah. Like, he's, like, kind of anti-establishment. I don't know. I'll make another comparison again to John Wick. It's, like, it's it's his, it's his own weird parallel world of assassins or whatever. And, like, the people he's killing are, like, these other weird assassins or, like, I guess the people who, like, killed his dog. I don't know. It's very, like, focused and very, like sequestered into his own world right but this is just like mercenary company like goes into this country and just starts blowing up cops like he's launching grenades into people into like like he kills so many people (laughs) i don't know maybe it goes back to what you're talking about Derek, with the motivation where i just like i don't care enough about the character but it's just like it's very it's just like man these guys are just like killing a whole ton of people who like it doesn't seem like they deserve to die like i read a a review on vulture where well, I mean, we're obviously going to into, go into spoilers, but, like, the, the main crime boss, he throws, like, a kid off the roof, right? Um, so yes. this, this, one yes. review, this one reviewer was like, I kind of wish that, because, like, Tyler Rake, he kills a shit ton of people, but he always spares the kids or whatever, like, the child soldiers that have been pressed. Yeah, I like gang. that. That was a nice touch. <laughs> the reviewer though said like he would have liked it more and would have given the movie more personality if he was just like wasting all these kids left and right without any compunction that would have been at least adding a little personality to the movie that it was sorely lacking and also mm. what kind of name is tyler rake what a what a terrible name for a for a main character <laughs> i kind of agree with that review only because because we're the audience right we're really privy to seeing more than the, the actual character sees. But that right. kid is evil. Like, straight up evil. Like, 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like his his sole purpose in the movie is to try to kill Tyler. Like he's a teenager. I understand. Like he's still a kid, and in Tyler's eyes, he doesn't want to kill him. But you know, to us, we're like, dude, the, the kid deserves it in a sense. I mean, he's choosing this. Like he wants to impress this crime lord boss, right? It's not like he's being forced to do this. It's more like of his own free will. I feel like he's kind of being forced, though, right? Like. I don't know. It definitely didn't seem entirely voluntary. I mean, it was his choice to cut off his finger to show his loyalty. So it's like, you yeah, know I mean? that's true. But I, mean, I understand. Like, it's he's a product of his circumstance. But yeah. at the same time, like, I don't know. It, the character motivations for that character seem very clear. It's like I want to kill Tyler. Like, right? He's the one. Spoilers gets that final shot off. But you don't see any ramification for that for that character. You know what was funny about this movie? When I was watching it, I was like, you know what? This is kind of a waste of Chris Hemsworth, right? Because yeah, like you see absolutely. him in something, Thor Ragnarok, or like even like the stupid Men in Black movie that came out this year uh, or last year. He's at his best when he gets to like flex some of his comedic muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This almost seemed like a Sam Worthington or like Jay Courtney kind of movie yeah no, absolutely I mean, no offense to them but maybe maybe a little offense to them absolutely yeah i feel like this role is beneath chris hemsworth and i think he was just cast because sam hargrave the director of the movie he was the stunt coordinator for a lot of the marvel movies he was captain america chris evans stunt double the russo brothers were producing so oh you know what let's get chris hemsworth but i felt like this role was very very beneath him even though it was very physically intensive and it looked like he worked hard on this in terms of acting you're not like wasting their talents like you would have if when you got chris hemsworth right yeah that's a very good point and then speaking of the russo brothers i mean this is one of their first productions after you know all the stuff with marvel has ended and i mean i know they build up a lot of good faith the Captain America stuff and then the Avengers stuff. But honestly, this is the, uh, you know, a step in the wrong direction. And I I don't know how much of that good faith we're going to have in a couple of years if they kind of keep producing these movies that I just don't find very interesting. Right. And then someone on Twitter said like, Oh, this just makes me feel like the Russo brothers are just low key dum dums." (laughs) which if you think about it, all the stuff that they've directed, they have not written. Yes. All those Marvel movies are Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They're not the Russo brothers. They didn't write Endgame. They didn't write Civil War. They didn't write Winter Soldier. I don't know. I feel like the Russo brothers' writing chops are up in the air here. Have you seen anything else they've written? I don't know what else they've written. Have they written anything else? Per Wikipedia, because I definitely would not have known this on my own, a 1997 movie, Pieces, which was not even released theoretically in the U.S., and a movie called Welcome to Collinwood, which I've never heard of. But there's a lot of people in this in this fucking movie. I guess the comedy is like from O2. William H. Macy's in it. Isaiah Washington. Uh, Sam Rockwell's in it. Luis Guzman. Wow. George Clooney's in it. Gabriel Union's in it. Wow. Wild cast. That's not even everybody. I just like picked a bunch of names. Yeah, 55% yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But yeah maybe, yeah, maybe they're not that great. Maybe their writing is not that good. Maybe they're just better directors than they are writers. I don't know. Yeah. But this movie was just okay. The one character that I kind of liked who had more depth than Tyler Rake, Chris Hemsworth's character, was Saju. The rival... Well, not the rival gang, because 
they hire him to recover the gang lord's like son, right? But he's like the the gang lord's like second in command or his like fixer or something, right? Mm-hmm. But they send him to like recover the kid on his own, so they won't have to pay. They have that line where he says like he's really expensive. We don't have yeah, the money. Right, right. So I mean, he basically hires him to do the first part, but then thinks that he could take over, you know, kill his team, kill him, and then take the kid at that point, right? Which is at the end of the movie, yes, they work together, right? And he, I guess, he kind of redeems himself in the sense, right? He gives his life to protect this kid, right? But to really start off the movie as like this adversary that basically kills a couple of innocent people who are, in a sense, doing their job, still left a sour taste in my mouth, right? Like, it's like, I understand that uh, Chris Hemsworth's character needs him at the end because, like, he has no other options. But, like, if I was him, I'd be like, you still killed my team, man. Yeah, for sure. It's hard for me to root for that character still. I just thought he had a little more interesting shading than <laughs> Chris Hemsworth's character. That's That's all. It's yeah. not like he was like particularly memorable. He's not like Mad Dog from the Raid or anything, dude. <laughs> that guy, that guy was so great. Yeah, I mean, speaking of this movie, is just like a pale imitation of those movies, right? It doesn't yeah. hit as hard. The story's not as good. The stakes aren't there. Just, just not, just not that great. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not crazy not about it. Two comparisons I think have been brought up when we're talking about this movie, right? We're kind of comparing it to those Indonesian movies like The Raid and The Raid 2. But then it's also kind of being compared to John Wick. I do think that a lot of the gunplay that we see in movies nowadays definitely draws its inspiration from John Wick. And I think it it can't be said lightly that John Wick, I think, is one of the action movies in the last, you know, five, ten years that really kind of changed the landscape of how we see action movies in a sense. Yeah. We could definitely see that in this movie, right? Where he... I, I was noticing it was like body shot, headshot, body shot, headshot, right? So it's like two shotting everybody in a sense. It's kind of like the whole John Wick effect, but but again, it's just a, a pale comparison to a movie like John Wick. I mean, don't get me wrong, the John Wick movies are stupid as hell, but it embraces its stupidity, right? Yeah. Um, it's it embraces how divorced from reality it is with its crazy mythology and like this assassins guild. They like do everything through like these little coins and shit. It's it's nutty and it's completely not real life. And on the other hand, this movie extraction, I think it just takes itself a little too seriously. I mean, it's fun in certain aspects, but there's no need for the movie to be this serious. I think we're this long. Yeah, this was it's long. like a two hour movie. It's a this, little this, much. This would have been perfect for like 90 minutes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 117 minutes is long. Cut out that whole, like, friend betrayal plot with uh, David Harbour. Yeah, that was... And I think you're good. I mean, that was like a wet fart. That could have been cool, right? You know, you could have made something out of... Like, it's a very cliche plot twist, but you could have made something out of his friend trying to betray him for the bounty on the kid's head or whatever. Yeah, or flesh out his mercenary partner. And the kid shooting him. Like, that could have been a fucking bombshell, right? Like, this is a kid who, like is clearly not about, like, violence or anything. He's a sensitive soul. He likes playing the piano. You know, he's, like, a good kid. And then he just murders this guy in his own house, basically, right? I guess you'd say it's self-defense. You heard him plotting to kill him. But it's just, it's very, like, that could have been something you could have done something with. Yeah, I got I got pretty glassy-eyed when it came to David Harbour's little storyline. Yeah, you get storyline. nothing. Yeah. I was like, ugh. 
You're just like, whatever. Uh, and like... I'm not going to lie, I kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I totally forgot that he was a character and he was like there for like just 20 minutes wasting my time. Yeah, so like, yeah, you can just cut that whole thing out. The movie is a little tighter. For sure, for sure. I, I know that, Jeff, you recently rewatched The Raid, right? Yeah, I recently rewatched it. I actually recently rewatched The Raid 2. The Raid 2. <laughs> they're both great. Yeah, they're both great. But like, I, rewatching The Raid 2, like, it has the same issues of story wise. It's a little convoluted, it's a little bit long. But what The Raid movies both do that are spectacular is the action to yeah. the point where I go back and watch those movies, not because I'm trying to get this, you know, high flutes, you know, story that I need to follow, but rather I want to see amazing action. I don't know if you guys remember the raid too, but like the fight against Hammer Girl and Bat Guy, right? Or yeah, the, yeah, the fight yeah. in the kitchen is just so amazing that, like, I remember yeah. those moments, and you know, I forget about you know some of the weird story beats that happened in that movie. Versus, I think having little spotlights of actually good action in Extraction can't outweigh the fact that this is just a story that's a little formulaic, and the characters are also you know a little formulaic. To the point where it's just it, it's very dull, and it's really hard to kind of back this movie. Yeah, and you know, you know what else gives like movies like The Raid or like The Raid Two an edge over something like this is it's martial arts versus like gunplay. So mm-hmm. like I feel like even with the John Wick movies, I feel like my eyes kind of glaze over a little bit when it's just like oh nonstop shooting. But like The Raid and like The Raid Two, like the martial arts with like the baseball bats and like the hammers and like and the knives and things like that. it's a, lo- a yeah. lot more visceral and like oh like, yeah more on the edge of my seat than when like john wick goes on a shooting spree through a nightclub or something you know like it's cool to start off but like it kind of loses its visceral edge a little bit actually but that's why i thought it was pretty clever with like if you remember john wick three yeah well the at the knife- beginning of the movie yeah the knife fight and then the, the horse fight, fight. Is or I mean that's basically that's a whole one long sequence, right? It goes in the knife fight, they go the horse fight, and then goes into the motorcycle chase. Like all those are not really guns anymore, and it's really spectacular. So like I still give credit to John Wick for trying to like not stick to its pun intended guns, right? (laughs) Both those franchises, John Wick, The Raid, are are way more um, worth your time if you're looking for some good action movies to watch right now. And even I'm a little lukewarm on. John Wick. I feel like it has diminishing returns. I mean, I liked three, but three was super long. The story became a little yeah messy, very messy at the end. I mean, I do like John Wick. I think being like a New Yorker, some of its continuity errors get to me. Um, <laughs> like and like one of the scenes, I forget which one is it. Which one where he's where he's like fighting Common? Is that two? Two. That's two. That's yeah, two. That's right. Two. They're shooting at each other in the Oculus, and then they come out, and they're at, like, Lincoln Center. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, Continuity aside, that's a really <laughs> awesome little fight, though, that I love. <laughs> when there's, cool. like, just, like, no no sighting and trying to shoot each other down the hall. I thought that was really clever. You know, silence gunshots are loud, you know? I'm still loud. Yes, I know. I know. Yes. So, I don't know. I think we're we're conditioned from movies and from video games to think that they're somehow silent, but they're not. (laughs) They just make them less noisy, but still very noisy. Yeah. But, like, going back to Extraction, I I did like its long take. I think it was, like, Mm -hmm. 12 minutes or something. Yeah, it was really long. long. I mean, they cheated a little, obviously. There are a lot of hidden cuts in there, but... 
it's it's cool to see. Uh, hey, if nineteen seventeen can cheat, that movie can cheat too. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also would love to heap some praise. Like I know we've been kind of bashing this movie, so I definitely want to heap some praise on this movie. That specifically for me, it's the car chase sequence that I think is spectacular. Because there's a point where like the car speeds up, the camera like tails it and like gets left behind, but then gets in front of it, and then the car like reverses, yeah, yeah. and like it whips, and then the camera goes into the car, right? And then we're right. in the car, and it's like going back and forth and whipping. The camera's whipping it like it's like a you know, it's like a person in the back, like they're whipping front to back, and then all of a sudden the camera goes through the back windshield, which I was like, yeah. okay, this this. This at least this car sequence for me was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's impressive because like it ha- they have to hit all those marks, and like even though they do cheat, like there's still like long takes within that long take. Oh yeah, where all those yeah, yeah, actors yeah. and and players they have to hit their marks, and it's it's pretty looking. I like I like it. It's it's interesting to watch. You know, I'm always a sucker for long takes, and this was no exception. But that, I think that was a big highlight of the movie. Other other than that, it's a uh, eh, you know. Uh, I guess I, I, I'll have to ask this. I mean, spoilers for the end of the movie. I've already kind of spoiled it, right? The, Is he alive or dead? Yes, the one kid does shoot him in the neck and he falls into the water. And we don't really find out what happens to Tyler Rake, right? But there is like this hint, right? Where Ovi's uh, in some kind of public swimming pool. And when he comes up, we see this kind of silhouette in the background, what looks like it could be Chris Hemsworth. I mean, do we think that's Chris Hemsworth? Do we even well, I mean, care if that's Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> they've already announced the sequel, so he's obviously alive. But, like, there's no way. I thought I saw a report where it's like, oh, we're going to do another one. It could be a sequel or it could be a prequel. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're doing a second one. So, I mean, yeah. maybe he's maybe he's actually dead. But I thought, I thought that was stupid as hell. Why even? <sighs> so cliched. I feel like movies do that all the time. Like, oh, is oh, he yeah. dead? Is he not? And then... They don't actually reveal anything. I'm like, but like, come on, he's dead. He got shot. He got shot in the throat and he fell off a bridge like 10,000 feet in the I air. I mean, he got sniped first and then he got yeah. shot in the throat. <laughs> like, yeah. But this was the one moment where watching this movie, I really missed a movie theater because it happened to be the point where I think like right at, as he was falling into the, the water, I had like paused the movie to get something or do something real quick. And I realized, I was like, there's still 20 minutes this movie left. And uh, that was at the point where I was like, oh, man, I wish I was in a theater. Like, I wouldn't know exactly know. how much time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But knowing that, I was like, okay, so someone's going to kill the bad guy still. And then at this point, I thought, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure Chris Hemsworth's alive. And he's going to be the one that kills the guy. And then No, but it's his partner. But yeah, yeah. it's the, the female agent that he works with that is the one that does the final blow. So that, that was like a little bit of a surprise to me. Which I hated, by the way, right? Like, you didn't need it. You could have just ended the movie, right? Like he but then in, if there's that la- lack of satisfaction. Water, the movie's over. Yeah, but I kind of would like that, right? Like, life does isn't always satisfying. Like, why the fuck would that guy ever put himself in a position for you to go shoot him in the fucking head? Like, <laughs> he spent the whole movie, like, in the shadows, like, not anywhere near you, like, not being involved. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, it just felt, like, gratuitous to like just have that's a to, that's a decision that i could have respected if they just ended it there you know oh they spent the whole movie with that guy not being involved it would have been cool if they didn't have him die because like you know because he's not the mission right 
Right, exactly. And you normally, you know, you'll go from, like, you'll fight all the mooks or whatever, and then you go fight, like, the boss or whatever. But, like, you know, this movie didn't do that. So it's like, oh, that was cool. And then he, like, dies in the end anyway. It's like, oh, well, that was weird. Like, you could have just yeah. not done that. Or does he, Amir? No, <laughs> it would have been interesting if, like, it ended on Ovi Jr., right? And, like, he goes back to school, but, like, he's, like, looking over his shoulder all the time. And, like, he might have been rescued, but, like, that other guy's still alive. But they didn't do it that way. I, I understand. It could have been something interesting that you don't really see that often, but I yeah, guess that would have been super fucking dark, right? Like, if Tyler isn't alive, I'm still wondering who's watching over Ovi, like, because you know his actual protector, the actual other badass in the movie, is also dead, yeah. right? So, like, I'm, I, it makes me kind of question, like, who is watching this kid now? Because his dad's still in prison, right? Yeah. Also, completely unrelated, but like Tyler Rake kills someone with a rake in this movie. By the way, he does so. indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that rake thing until I realized what they were doing with it. I was like, oh, that's dumb. Fuck you. <laughs> that's dumb. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about action movies in general because I already kind of mentioned it, right? We've seen the the kind of the copycatness of this taking from some of the more popular movies we've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, is this the the boot on the throat of that? Like, are we are we still going to see more copycats of things like The Raid and, and, and John Wick and all that stuff? Or do you think that hopefully maybe we can find the next thing, right? Jeff has already kind of hinted, like, John Wick is maybe near its end of tenure, and I think, like, a movie like Atomic Blonde didn't do... Hey, hey, listen, the greatest action franchise is still alive and well. It's the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> that is true. Every single fucking movie... Tom Cruise finds a different way to like risk his own life for our entertainment, right? Yeah. Now he's gonna team up with Elon Musk to shoot in space or some shit. Probably not for a Mission <laughs> Impossible movie, but uh, now we just know that Elon Musk is gonna get Tom Cruise killed. So I'm, I'm not so excited <laughs> about that. Yes. So is Tom Cruise Tyler Rake? Is he trying to do this until he meets his end? Right? <laughs> is he trying to find the new, the next big thing, the next big movie until he just, you know? I don't know, but like Mission Impossible Fallout is probably one of my favorite movies from 2018. Yeah. It's so good. Like the thing with like the Mission Impossible movies is like, especially Fallout, it's so like old school with its like stunt work. They don't really do things like that anymore. It's so like lo-fi. Tom Cruise actually learns how to like fly a helicopter and like he's actually climbing that helicopter, uh, the big rope. Or whatever and like he's actually jumping out to do a halo jump it's insane and yeah. you if you if you're watching that on the big screen it makes a difference you feel that like he's actually doing it as opposed to like all this green screen cgi stuff right um, does it make a difference or does it only make a difference i think it makes a difference because like you're already so tapped into the movies and stuff that you already know that he yeah i guess i mean like if you didn't know would you appreciate it more would you still be able to appreciate it? Uh, I think you know part I mean? of the pleasure is knowing that he actually did it. Yeah, that's real. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. part of the pleasure is in knowing. And, like, yeah. I do think the end product is probably better than because he does do it. But even separate from that knowledge. But, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of the enjoyment is also knowing, holy shit, he actually did this shit. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Amir. I think now with Tom Cruise's reputation, you, you can't separate the idea of knowing that he does his own stunts to what you're seeing on screen. But, like, if it was any other actor, like, I probably still could believe it, right? They probably could just green screen him in or cut his face into 
you know, Halo suit, and I still could be as convinced as right, actually yeah. seeing Tom Cruise do it. Yeah. I think that that whole franchise just, like, defies gravity, I think. Because, like, you had the J.J. Abrams one with three, um, and then, like, Ghost Protocol was even better than that. Yep. And then, like, a couple of years later, like, you revitalize that with Rogue Nation and then Fallout. Like, they just keep getting better and better. And, like, they add, like, Rebecca Ferguson's character, who's, who's like, a real punch in the arm for the whole series. I, I just really like that. And, and like, even two... Mission Impossible 2 has its charms. That's just batshit John Woo stuff. I mean, this is a perfect subject to be talked about. I actually just today rewatched the first Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. The first Mission Impossible is so different from all yeah. the other ones. Because first of all, it's a it's a De Palma movie. So But it's still really great. Like that yeah, last, yeah, yeah, it's that great. last like action the train sequence is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I was like edge of my seat and i was like this is this is good this is good <laughs> yeah but people always dunk on two but it has the they most do. batshit stunt out of all of them did you guys know this wait you know what what which which one yeah two, what's the mission impossible two the one where um uh Dougray scott almost puts a knife through his eye oh yeah his eye that's a real knife did you guys know that what that stops like a millimeter from his eyeball it's like on a cable, right? Or something. Like yeah, that. it's attached to a cable that's measured exactly to stop, like right, like on top of his eye. That's insane. And they're like, "Oh no, you have to do it for real, or else it won't look right." So, like, they actually did it for real. Yeah, that guy. It's Tandy Newton, right? That's the Tandy. Yep, Newton Tandy Newtons is yeah, the, yeah, Tandy Newton, yeah. yeah. And it's also the movie that apparently cost Doug Ray Scott the role of uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay that we didn't get him as Wolverine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, I think I'm okay with it too. <laughs> but also, perfect segue into other action movies. Like, Logan is a great action movie too, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask, like, is do superheroes fall under action movies? They technically do, but I don't really like lumping them in together yeah. because it's different. If someone's asking me to name, like, my top five action movies, I would probably avoid any superhero movies just so i don't want to like muddy the waters when like making a list right and let's be honest though like the even mission impossible i think it's become like i don't see it as action as much as i see it as almost as like own genre in a sense or even just even part of the spy genre versus the action genre mm, interesting I think the superhero movies are, are kind of the same like they have tons of action but then yeah you consider it like they're superhero movies right right so it's like, you know, movies like Extraction are just becoming more and more rare, right? Where they're like the actual pure action movies we kind of remember from like the 80s and 90s. It's kind of like rom-coms, right? They kind of like left for a long time or they weren't like really as present in the public eye for for a while after like the those the, that 2000s run. But, you know, now they're kind of making a resurgence. I don't know if movies like Extraction or... God, it's, yeah, yeah, what was it? Six so, Underground or whatever it's called. That stupid Michael oh, Bay movie. That movie is so stupid. <laughs> um, it's it's movies like this that are not doing the the action genre any good. You know, adding any good faith to it. But I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a little resurgence of like quote unquote. I think, air quotes, Yeah, I I know what you mean because you're talking about like the pure action from like the 80s and 90s. You got like mm-hmm. Commando and like Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme mm-hmm. things like that. Um, the Rambo movies. Yeah. A lot of the action franchises we think of right now maybe like the Mission Impossible or like Bond 
they're kind of like hybrids of like the spy genre and, and things like that. And yeah, uh, and pure action is kind of like a, a dying breed. I mean, maybe not because John Wick is so popular, and then Atomic Blonde was did pretty well too. Um, did so you guys like Atomic Blonde? It was fine. Yeah, I liked it better than Extraction, but it's not particularly memorable. That that also falls into like the spy genre, right? Because yeah, yeah, cause it she's does. A spy. And even martial arts movies are in a different field. Yeah, definitely category. a different category, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So in, in a way, it's a little unfair to put the raid against like uh, Extraction, right? Because they're technically really different. They're, they're sort of yeah. really different genres. Um, yeah. But I think you might end up getting your action mostly in the form of superhero movies or these spy hybrids or just established franchises in general, because I think that just seems to be the way the movie industry is now. Yeah. You build everything on something that's established, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you're going to see the resurgence of the action movie. Yeah. Even a, a series or a franchise like The Fast and the Furious is, I, I can, you can kind of like lump into this kind of hybrid of car movie with action right i mean they've really over time have become less about the car chasing and more about like the explosions and the, the fighting and then the dynamics of that series right right yeah maybe we aren't gonna see any more action movies maybe maybe it's just hybrids of all these different types of genres where you yeah. kind of sneak in action yeah so i want to ask you guys like what makes a good action movie what makes you like really like an action movie i'll start out with with like an obvious thing, like a talented martial artist, right? Yeah. Like if you have someone who's really good, then that means that you don't have to shoot in such a way that you have to hide their deficits as a, right. as a martial artist, which means that you can actually shoot the movie differently because they're actually good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, someone who's bad, you've got to, you know, uh, kind of always be close up, a lot of quick cutting, a lot of, right? You know, yeah, you know what What a good example of that is? The Bourne movies. Like, the the fast cuts and, like, the shaky cam. I think mm-hmm. it's all in service of, like, hiding Matt Damon's, like, I don't want to say he can't fight or anything, but, like, he's not, like, a martial artist or Yeah, he's something. not Donnie so, like, Yen or some shit. Yeah, he's not like Donnie yeah. Yen, exactly. Actually, another example of this, and not to keep bringing this movie up, but if you guys remember 2014, The Raid 2 and Winter Soldier came out about like a month apart from each other, mm-hmm. where I think The Raid 2 came out first and then it was um, Winter Soldier. And I remember, you know, everyone was watched Winter Soldier and kind of praised it for its action. But then I had just seen like The Raid 2. So seen kind of that pale action, it, it really, yeah, it dilutes what Winter Soldier was trying to do, right? If you watch Winter Soldier, it's like quick cuts. It's it's really close up action versus like something like what the raid movie does is that they do longer action takes, actual longer fight takes, and you know the action's actually pulled away so you can see more of the surrounding and more. Yeah, of the, the camera's like still for yeah. the raid and the raid too a lot of the times when they're when they're filming the the fights, you know. But I will say that Cap versus Bucky is an all timer on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. That is that is great. And just to go into, like, what I like about action movies is, like, I like when the movie hits hard. Like, the Raid movies, those movies hit fucking hard. Like, I know we talked about this in our Top 25 Movies of the Decade episode, I believe, when we talked about the Raid. But, like, that one scene in the Raid where that guy flies off a balcony and he, like, hits his back on the 
on the cement. Oh, yeah. uh, I was like, they just literally killed a dude for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, they killed that guy for the movie. That's what it looked like. And then another scene in the raid where, like, one of the cops, he pulls the gangster out onto, like, the broken door. You remember that? Like, he, like, he jumps backwards. It. Yeah, that was oh, crazy. Yeah, that was a lot. I like to, like, see those hits that you can actually, like, feel, you know? I think that adds to a lot. Thinking about, like, some of the, my favorite action movies the last couple years, I mean, I'll bring it back again to John Wick. I think the original one being really inventive, I guess, in the sense, like, creating this term now, right, gung fu, where he's, you know, he's basically using the gun as, a or like, a precision weapon, and he's just headshotting everyone. So, like, I think when that first came out, if you remember that, like, that was something that was felt inventive and... And really, I think, uplifted that franchise. Um, another action movie that I... I guess it's like sci-fi action. Um, if you guys remember Upgrade, we, we talked about Upgrade. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Where I like... What the, I think one of the most inventive things about that movie is, is not necessarily the action, but the way you know he films the action, right? Where he has that kind of steady cam like centered on the you know the character so like the it seems like the whole room is like shifting or yeah or well turning. i think it's it's robotic right yeah it, like it mimics the robotic implant that he has in his in his spine or whatever so yeah it's it's nice i kind of like that too but like if you're talking about gun fu the original gun fu is equilibrium, equilibrium. Are, yeah <laughs> i was just about to say that, that. yeah uh, <laughs> I used to love that movie. That movie is so dumb, but it's yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. It's John a lot Wick of fun. John Wick is what Equilibrium wished it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christian Bale, Sean Bean, Tay Diggs getting his face sliced off. Um, that was a fun movie. Yeah, man. That was Absolutely. a fun movie. Um, that was like actually gun fu, right? It was. Like, it was that. Wanted's kind of like that. Watch is kind of like that. Kick ass a little bit like that. Kick ass. Let's go back to like martial artist skill. Like John Wick is another one where actually that's paramount too. Like Keanu Reeves learned to like shoot and reload those guns. Yeah, so well. yeah. As fast as he does, yeah. It's yeah, like all those YouTube videos. Yeah, of him. Like, yeah, going if you watch down him training, it's insane. So like, and and you could just tell that that adds so much to it. The fact that he can actually do that, right? Like. Yeah. It, it makes it so much better. I think that that's such a cardinal thing is to have someone who can actually do that. It makes the movie yeah. so much better. And I mean, another one like that is like, I mean, this is martial arts, you're martial arts, but like if you go back to the old Jackie Chan movies, combining a talented martial artist with like willingness to sacrifice yourself for the movie. God, I forget which movie this is, but this is a movie where he's fighting another dude with a live chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> and they're like, I remember someone was talking about the scene. They're like, oh, man, like, there's a cut in the fight scenes. Like, oh, I thought that was such a clever cut to disguise the fact that they're not using live chainsaws. And then I saw that they actually were. <laughs> the movie's called Tiger on Beat, 1988. Oh, <laughs> it's like a God, chainsaw duel. Yeah, it's nuts. I know, I know. I, yeah, it's crazy. You guys are talking about, like, when does the John Wick, like... I don't know, the John Wick imitation action scene die. So, here's a question. When did, when did, like, the Matrix imitations die? When did people stop trying to do, like, the Matrix type stuff? That's true, yeah. That was a big, again, another one of Keanu Reeves' movies that became a huge influence on, like, the action genre, right? 
I mean, who else tried to do it, right? Because, like, the Matrix is 99, right? So is Equilibrium, like, trying to do its own little type of Matrix thing? Maybe. I mean... Like, what other mo- what movies are in, like, the Matrix spinoff or Matrix-like pastiche, like, category? Maybe, like, Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch, maybe Charlie's Angels, maybe? Like, the OG? Not the OG, but, like, with Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore and... Cameron Diaz. Yeah, Cameron Diaz, yeah. Maybe something like that. It's just like the bullet cam, the bullet time. Yeah, I feel like that was only around for a couple of years. I feel like I saw it more in video games. Yeah, yeah. It was like Max Payne. I think you also saw it like really spoofed in a lot of movies more than I maybe... And the interesting thing about that, the bullet time, is that all the people who did it after The Matrix did it in a, in a more high-tech way. Because, like, The Matrix, they just brute forced that shit. What do you mean? It's literally, like, a million cameras surrounding them, and they set it off, like, one at a time to capture the frames around Keanu Reeves, you know? So, like, it's not, like, an actual moving camera or anything, you know? Because, like, it's, like, literally film cameras, like, DSLRs taking pictures of Keanu Reeves, like, in, like, a setup like that. Did you know that? Like... And then, and then they extrapolate the frames in between, make it look like motion. Interesting. So it's very like lo-fi way of doing it, you know. But but it's revolutionary. That was revolutionary, and I think I think the Matrix is it's one of the best movies of all time. Yes, um, it's so good. Yes, um, I agree. Uh, absolutely agree. Actually, to answer your question, Amir, I think maybe it died when Zack Snyder's slow-mo fighting took over, and then that became the next big action thing, right? Yeah. You guys remember after, like, 300, when, like, every oh, every yeah. movie then yeah, wanted to do that slow-mo, speed-up action thing? It's like, uh, yeah, maybe it's just all trends, right? And then, I, like I said, I, I think we're getting close to the end of this John Wick kind of influence. I, I do yeah. feel. Oh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter someone did a poll of like, oh, what's Zack Snyder's best movie? And I feel like nobody chose the best Zack Snyder movie, which is clearly Dawn of the Dead. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's choosing like, oh, Watchmen, a masterpiece, 300. I'm like, those movies suck. They, you, you guys are really telling on yourselves with this, with the results <laughs> of this fucking poll. Damn. Yeah, Watchmen's not good. Watchmen's really hard. Dude, watch. Watchmen's... Ter- it's, it's not it's terrible, bad. but like... And this is the point of the graphic novel. We're, we're getting back into it. We're, we're going back in time. We're treading familiar territory. Yeah, go back and... Uh, yeah, we already did this. No need to, no need to go into it. <laughs> so, like, the, the problem with the Watchmen movies is, like, the action in that movie looks cool. But, like, these people are supposed to be pathetic. And, like, it, he misses the point entirely. So, like, the action isn't supposed to be, like, oh, so cool, you know? It's not supposed to be that way in, in in that story, so that's my main main gripe. Again, listen to our first episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to say? Or no, I think we're good. It was a nice breezy episode on action movies. Extraction, yeah. not good. Um, go watch uh, uh, John Wick or uh, the Raid movies or The Matrix instead. Yeah, go watch the Mission Impossible movies. Go watch the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't know. If you've already seen all those, I guess you can see Extraction. It's fine. Oh, like, speaking of the Wachowskis and action, you guys should watch Speed Racer. Mm. 
that movie fucking slaps. It's a masterpiece. Fucking five stars on Letterboxd for me. Wow. <laughs> so good. I, I, I will agree with Jeff. Like, I love that movie. That movie's really good. It's, like, so ahead of its time. It it got savaged by critics. Yeah. If you're at all into, like, what they're doing there, like, it's so good with with its colors and its staging. It's 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 fantastic. I love that movie. You should you should give it a watch, man. Have you seen it? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I have to. Yeah. yeah I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to give it a watch because movie's good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and it's what Neil Hirsch. It's got yeah, Ricci, John Goodman, Matthew Fox. Yeah, that was after Lost, right, or during the time of his height yeah, yeah, yeah. of Lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. I I I really I remember back then when I, I would try to praise that movie, and the people would give me weird looks. I'm like, you guys are gonna one day eat your words <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna start a podcast speed tell everybody to watch speed Racer. <laughs> we, should, we should totally do an episode on speed racer Dude, i'm down yeah, absolutely. so that will be the final word go watch speed yeah. racer um but uh if we have nothing else to say i think that will conclude this week's episode uh jeff where can people find you you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com uh you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Check out the Letterboxd, I guess. And uh, what about you, Dark? Uh, and you can find me uh, at the wrong day, Dake, spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. But if you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we want to get our podcasts out to as many people as we can. And one of the best ways to support our podcast is to give us a good rating on iTunes and also uh, give us five stars. I mean, we want to get our podcast out to as many people as, as possible. So definitely uh, help us out in that way. And uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, uh, shoot me an email. Shoot us an email at jeff at strangetroppers.com. Uh, we always like engaging with our listeners and our fans, and sometimes we read the emails on uh, the podcast. So feel free to shoot us an email. I guess that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys then.